0: It seems like every Friday, my last Zoom meeting goes something like this. Hey, how are you? Response, I need a vacation. And sometimes it's me saying this, other times it's coming from the other person. And here's the reality, I'm not commuting, I have fewer distractions, I'm working from the comfort of my own home, yoga mat next door in case I need to stretch, and yet at the end of most days, I'm exhausted and I feel like a Zumbie. And I know I'm not alone. Over the past few months, millions have adjusted their work routines. We're not just humans connecting across the table, but we're these small little boxes on a screen. And for some of us, this will last long after the pandemic. So how do we keep it from burning us out? Welcome to the TED Business Podcast. I'm Madhupa Akinola. And today we're going to hear from Mora Aaron's Mealy an internet marketer who's also an expert at hiding from people. She hosts a podcast for Harvard Business Review called The Anxious Achiever and wrote a book titled Hiding in the Bathroom, How to Get Out There When You'd Rather Stay at Home. You would think that working from home would be a dream as an introvert. You're in your own home, hidden behind a computer, possibly in your pajamas. But she says that's not exactly right. The truth is, for many introverts— remote work is kind of a nightmare. In this talk from Ted's video series, The Way We Work, Maura offers introverts guidance on how to survive in a virtual work life. After the talk, I'll help you identify which of your coworkers are introverts or extroverts. The answer isn't as clear cut as you might think. Okay, back to Maura after a quick break.
1: Now that the pandemic has chased many of us out of our offices, we're chafing under the new remote rules of work. Too much screen time, a lack of boundaries between work and home. Endless video calls. The same things that make remote work difficult for introverts make it difficult for everyone. Far and away, the worst part of remote work is video calls. Being on camera is a performance. Thoughtless scheduling can mean you're basically on stage performing for eight hours a day. There are none of the nuanced cues that help you read a room. Staring at disembodied heads on a screen offers only a pale imitation of real human connection. Social anxiety only makes this worse. When you have a camera in your face, that can really trigger your social anxiety. It takes energy to be on. So the key to managing remote work is to protect your energy. First, pay attention to ritual and routine. As much as we hated our commutes, they were a ritual that created a boundary between work and home, and we need that. For many of us, those little breaks that we would build into the workday, going to get a cup of coffee or a chat with a coworker, those are gone too. For me, those rituals are when I gather my energy, assume my work character, and get into the right headspace to dive in. So how can you recreate those breaks and boundaries at home? The key is to be intentional. It could be music or lighting, a pep talk with a friend. You could take a walk around the block at a certain time of day, or even a breathing or stretching routine before you sit. Whatever it takes for you to delineate the transition between work and home. Second, we need to manage our pace, place, and space. You can think of pacing as managing the interactions that tax your energy versus those that recharge you. You could schedule fewer video conferences because remember, those are performances. You could schedule downtime or recharge time after performances. Oprah does this, as do many introverted performers and CEOs. You could consider the time of day Think about when you can typically summon the energy to be on and save other times for quiet work. For place, use your workspace to help you enforce good boundaries. Even if your desk is in your kitchen, make it feel like a workplace. For space, build in some alone time every day. And this includes time away from your kids. It's really key to avoiding burnout. Finally, if you're a manager, you have a special role to play. To help employees protect their pace, place, and space. Manage the room during video calls. Even remotely, chatty extroverts tend to dominate. To create a space where everyone can be heard, structure agendas, assign presentation roles, and minimize brainstorming. Brainstorming can trigger social anxiety and it can freeze up introverts. Instead, create a shared space where people can write their ideas before a brainstorming session. Favor audio over video calls. Research shows that we actually communicate more emotion and nuance via audio alone. Try asynchronous communication for more complicated or provocative one-on-ones. You can steal this idea from author Robert Glazer. Record a voice memo or a video on your phone explaining your perspective and send it to a colleague. And that way they can respond and react in their own time. Along with a lot of challenges now, we have an opportunity. Remote work is here to stay. So don't just transfer old habits and old company culture to remote work. Build something better. To get started, ask the introverts in your office what their ideal day looks like and take your cue from there.
0: Build something better, Maura says. And for all my complaining about needing a vacation every Friday, I agree there could be something good hiding in this remote life. Want to shower at 3 p.m.? Go ahead. Want to digest your lunch properly by watching some Netflix on your couch? What's holding you back? Many of our workplace expectations are gone. Marching in sync in our business casual, waiting for our elevator to come, and listening to terrible music. Being physically tied to our desks in that open office layout, standing in long coffee lines, which means we get to choose new habits that work for ourselves and for our colleagues. And knowing who is introverted and extroverted can help with that. Which of your colleagues gets excited by a surprise phone call from someone just checking in? And who needs some recovery time after a meeting? Because when we know what the people around us need, we can give it to them. But before you assume who's introverted or extroverted, consider this. About two-thirds of us don't identify strongly with either. Many of us are ambiverts. These are people who fall somewhere in the middle of the introversion-extroversion spectrum. According to research by organizational psychologist Adam Grant, ambiverts discern whether they should listen or talk. Sometimes they're more comfortable alone. Other times they prefer social situations. Amperverts change their approach to fit the situation. So ask your colleagues what gives them energy and pay attention to your own. This will help you create remote work routines that, as Mora says, protect that precious energy. Thanks for tuning in. If you want to hear more from Mora, check out the Anxious Achiever podcast from Harvard Business Review. I'm Adupa Akinola. Kim Naderfane Peterza is our producer. The show is mixed by Dan DeZula and special thanks to Colin Helms, Michelle Quint, Angela Chang, Corey Hegem, and Anna Phelan. Talk to you again next week.